morning. Hello. I hope my mic works this time. It looks like it is. <laughs> I am sometimes B. Today is another uh, wonderful, beautiful episode of Lady Blurred Sings the Blues. Uh, here on my left, we got Products of Testament, and on my right, we got Miss Kylie Too Smart. Um, I hope you guys have your kofefe here and ready. <laughs> Um, I see Klopp is here as always on time to church service. Thank you so much, sir, for offering your presence and blessing us with your time. Really appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you, Klopp. Um, other than that, let's go ahead and dive into the week. But before we go into that, I want to be able to show you guys that we are still trying our best here with this Mentimeter. Let us know how you're doing. How's your week? You will share how you are doing, give us a story, give us a whatever. Just keep it a pro-pro. Uh, no names need to, be, need to be said here. Call us by our name. Nothing other than that. <laughs> um, let me go ahead and put that in the chat. But meanwhile, let's start with Paris. How's your week? Oh, my week is, is going okay. Um, I think just uh, trying to get a handle. I feel like every week we're all still trying to get adjusted. Um, you know, we are almost uh, at October 1st, which for many people is a, a inflection point, I feel like, in uh, budgeting for organizations. And it's also just an inflection point of like you're just a few months ahead or a few days really away from the end of the year, aka beginning of the next year. And so uh, personally, right, like some people in their year, October 1st, in terms of, you know, that's everything that they've done, they ended by that time. I just kind of like to start October 1st um, in prep of like doing a runway to 2023 or runway to the next year. So I've been working on a lot of stuff and trying to, like I said, I've been digging out of so many things because I'm so behind on so much. I've been working around the clock, which for me is, you know, an, an 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. day. Um, so it's a lot, it takes a lot out of me um, to do that. And uh, yeah, managing, I think managing that has been tough right now. Um, learning to put boundaries in and that kind of thing. And also getting, finding ways that like things that bring me joy in that time, right? What can I do in you know, little breaks? Uh, walks, you know, taking a walk around the neighborhood, being uh, present and, and, you know, taking 10 minutes away from the computer, those types of things, reminding myself to do those things more than ever. Um, and then also, you know, what am I looking forward to in 2023 and planning ahead for that? Like if there's, you know, I'm, I'm looking for places to uh, go and where I'm going to be traveling and trying to sort of plan ahead for that. What am I going to be doing for Halloween? Uh, Halloween, because I'll be back in a, you know, what am I planning that out? And Halloween is important to our family. It's very important. <laughs> holiday. And, uh, and same with, you know, All Saints Day, whatever, and, uh, Dios de Muertos, whatever we want to do, we do, we do, we go in that whole week. And, uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Thanksgiving and which is right around the corner. And, and V, I know you were saying, right, the prep that goes into that and planning and the, you know, the uh, the December holidays so and, and trying to figure that out. Huh? Oh, no, we're doing great. Um, it looks like we got a follower. I completely missed who, what the name was, but um, oh. someone did follow us recently. Thank you so much for your follow. Please make okay. yourself known in the uh, chat 
so that way we could all welcome you here. Um, as mentioned before, um, there is a mentimeter going. Please, 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 please fill out how you're doing this week so we can share. Um, yes, I actually want to go back and piggyback what you were saying about like Thanksgiving and holidays. It is turning into that season where there's prep, there is decor, there is spirits. Um, but also feeling like spirited. Yeah, it is that season where your greens, all your aunties are in competition, whether it's banana pudding is the best or their sweet potato pie. Um, yep. But uh, yes, 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 yes. I, um, I feel you. Like, it takes a lot of, like, mindset to get your brain in there and then you have to reach out to family members being like are y'all doing the thing should i be doing the thing if you're not doing the thing i can do the thing just make sure you confirm your attendance because let's be real our parents never stressed how much money they actually have to pay for these dinners and these gatherings to happen and now that you're an adult you're like wait a minute so you're telling me that people just optional like just as an option just didn't show up to shit when they were supposed to like no like if i'm spending money on this food that we're blessing you need to come yeah. through uh, and not flake <laughs> absolutely and this is going to be an interesting year because it's a, well i think it's the first year that like i'm i'm kind of uh seeing someone and they may be coming for thanksgiving I don't know, <laughs> which is going to be interesting if they come to Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, well, it's not coming to Thanksgiving dinner. It's more like to meet my family. I, I mean, don't do the whisper song at the table, but. <laughs> Hopefully they will be a good, uh, you know, they will have sense and home training and uh, not embarrass me because, yeah. My, my family is very decorum based and it would not pare well. <laughs> decorum based. <laughs> you gotta you gotta eat your greens with this fork. You gotta use the yeah. napkin like this. <laughs> you gotta make sure you use the yeah. smaller fork for your vegetables. Yes. Greens aren't vegetables, that's a soup. <laughs> exactly. Highly <laughs> disappointed about <laughs> greens being a soup. <laughs> Kylie, how's your week going? Um, my week is going um, pretty well. It's been super busy. I uh, got to connect with some family. It's new moon today. So, yes. Like, ooh, meditation, community, spilling the tea. We've had a lot of communal events lately this week in, in terms of like planning. Um, so, that's been really exciting. Um, I'm going to be doing another walk to end Alzheimer's in monterey so Ooh, that's exciting nice yes so that's that's pretty much how my week has been going so, planning for good things what about uh how's wellness uh, uh been going in the light of the seasons change have you seen any influx of wellness seekers uh definitely i oh what a great question it's kind of funny because I've been finding like more and more people are like coming to me in search of community too. And it's kind of nice to be able to connect people and be like, oh, like this is like maybe someone that you would like do really well with. And yeah. oh, you guys have similar interests. Let me connect you with this person. It's been a lot of people who are also um, women of color who are new to my area. 
And it's been interesting to have these conversations around um, like the history specifically of Seaside and the movement of black families there. And um, because so many black families have left either due to like gentrification or just, you know, we have that, that whole issue of, you know, the grandparents passed, the children don't know um, either, like either they don't know or they can't afford to keep the home. Um, and so you have whole families that end up leaving the area and um, it, it creates this, this pocket, right? And um, so I've been searching for, for that type of com sense of community myself. I talked about it on here a lot <laughs> and um, it's kind of like it, it's a lot of what gives me the drive to continue building and, and reaching out in the way that I do because I'm like oh we talked on this podcast about representation and I was just like I'm looking around I'm like am I the last one standing I know I'm not the last one standing you just have to tap in and so that's where I'm at now is just continuing to like seek out and find the families that are remaining and um, try to support as much as I can the people yeah. who are there so it's been a good week for that yeah nice I love how you you you're trying to bring community into seaside because I am one of those folks who left <laughs> and I did well I mean there's, there's a lot of trauma there you know and there's, there's a lot of um history that doesn't get talked about in um i was nope. just having a conversation at the gym in the hot tub <laughs> with an older white gentleman which is really funny um and he was talking about the fact that he's seen a lot of black families leave and you know how that affected him and his family he was like you know i grew up with all of these people all of this like culture and he's like i felt very connected to it and he was like it makes me sad to see these people leaving. And it's funny because he actually knew my grandparents. Like I had never seen this man before in my life, um, but he was actually, he was like, no, your grandfather had actually, because he's an electrician. Um, he was like, your grandfather worked in my home and like helped me out when I was younger and was like a very active member in the church. And he taught my Sunday school. So I'm still finding people who are connected yeah. to my family in that way that I I just have That's no awesome. idea the extent of um, the influence uh, that my grandparents had which is still motivating to this day and this this older gentleman you know he's like in his 60s and now he's going to school he's going to San Jose State <laughs> and his son is an electrician and he was like part of that is you know your, your family had a large influence on on what I was doing and he talked we talked a lot about you know how um, racism is affecting this nation and how um, class affects this nation and um, we started talking about oh, the allegory of the cave it was really good it was a really great conversation um, so yeah this week was was amazing for that type of motivation I guess keep going you're on the right path <laughs> like you affect people and I think all of us don't realize how much power we have in how we affect people around us and generationally like you're going to influence families you never know like yeah. what your actions will do and have in the world around you and I was like my grandparents actions are still affecting this one family 
three generations later in the trajectory of their seeking education, of even the fields that they're going into and how they choose to interact and connect with the people around them, specifically um, building those bonds between all these different um, ethnic communities in Seaside and coming together um, and, and really fighting for equity in that, so amazing. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's really um, exciting to hear and uh, warming as <laughs> it's needed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing that's kind of heartbreaking about just Seaside for me in general is like, I am a first generation Californian or no second generation Californian because the families that came into California on my mom's side, they all came from the South. And <laughs> this history speaks for itself um, that there was that they came from Mississippi. They obviously Mississippi was very like heavy in its racism um, uh -huh. the whole time, not at the time, but the whole time. And so obviously my um, family got up and left because they wanted refuge. They wanted to start a new. Um, just a new trend of like what has been going on historically and what caused them a lot of trauma. So they wanted to get away from that. And so to see that it, California has did us so well um, when it came to having a little bit more of a liberated life. I'm not saying California has, uh, racism is like dissipated and doesn't exist. It very much so exists, but not to the degree of where people were dying <laughs> um, yeah. every, every day, every week. Um, and so, um, I get a little bit sad because I wanted to stay here. I lived here. I lived in California my whole life and I lived in Seaside my whole life. But then I had to like get up and go because cost of living is just up through the roofs. Uh, no pun intended. Maybe pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> pun is totally intended. <laughs> it is it's it's something i will tell you that i mean for being in dc and i feel like people complain here and i'm like y'all listen okay i i have vehemently told my job i refuse to move to california at this point um unless y'all are going to give me the biggest relocation package known to man <laughs> I, I will fly they they just look at me like i'm crazy like you're so you're just gonna fly out here i, I sure will <laughs> I'm sure, but I will not be moving until y'all can give me some Salinas or Monterey money. And I, yeah. Salinas <laughs> or Monterey money. She said Salinas or Monterey money. I'm dead. <laughs> Those are two separate monies. <laughs> two separate monies. Well, yeah, I, would, I need them both. I need them both. And some Santa Cruz money. Give me, look, I w give it all. I need all the Central Coast money I can get. Like, <laughs> sorry, Salinas is the place where it's supposed to be a little bit more affordable too. But I know that those prices are going up. I know Kylie's face. Yep, you're you're closest to yeah, the geographic issue. Inflation. <laughs> you know, we will, we have to have a whole separate show on that. But I'm really disappointed with them raising interest rates to try to curb inflation. I know that's how it's supposed to work, but it's like counterintuitive. It's just people ain't stop spending, and so. At some point it's gonna bust and when it does what happens you know so we're all i think on our toes right now trying to find ways to side hustle and you know save money yes um so 
I would go into uh, how my week is going, but I want to kind of keep it pushing. Um, I want to address. Oh, the... well, you should say you. We met. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, we're right? we're right? Excuse you. Mix, squeeze me. How dare you? <laughs> I was going to say, but then I was like, no, it's better for me to say because I started it and I said, oh, well, V will capstone this with saying, oh, I should capstone it. Yes. Hello. Yes. Uh, so uh, the Lady Blurds are slowly but surely getting more and more connected in person. I met Prowess for the first time in person. I think what, it was a Monday. It was on a Monday. On a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> like it's. It was incredible. Um, first of all, I was just happy to see her and we all like we both saw each other. And we just like squealed like little girls like, oh my God, and, like big hugs and all that stuff. And we, we got some ice cream in Portland. It was it was just it, we were just reunited. Uh, it just felt like we were reunited, even though we haven't seen each other in person yet. And it's what's kind of crazy is the three of us, for those who are in the chat, like we've been podcasting for a good minute, like over a year. And like we have yet to be together, like for any programming, <laughs> like, yeah. and we're hoping to make that happen. Like you know, knocking on all the types of wood, uh, <laughs> that it will happen at Magfest this January. So hopefully, the panel gods of Magfest will say yes, you can do the panel, and then we'll all be together. But regardless, if we do a panel or not, we will still be together because we're all planning on traveling out there. So yes. I'm excited. Uh, Promise you have any notes on that? We just. It felt like that night was so fast. <laughs> it was so fast, but it was it was great because I, yeah, it was just uh, I we went and had ice cream, which I'm like I've never I've ever done in since in years I'll say, and uh, the Portland experience you you gave me a a bit of the experience with the it's a bridge town so all the beautiful bridges and you know it was a good time I think it was it was fun and it was un, you know no pressure and it was a great Monday. Yeah. Um, and it was so thank you for freeing me from my coworkers too, because bless their hearts. I did not want to go party with them because they spent the night talking about work. Ooh. And then, yeah. So I was like, thank goodness. And bombarded <laughs> me with a bunch of stuff about like your staff is really bad. You know, so I was really happy that you, you were there. And I was just <laughs> like, this is what Lady Blurred stands for respite and recovery and rest. And, you know, it was a space I, I needed. We needed, we needed the, not the brave space, but the liberated space, I think. The liberated space, yeah. yes. We needed the liberated space. But I want to say that was a one. So uh, <laughs> I just wanted to let folks know that, that it was a win regardless. So um, other than that, uh, let's go ahead and move right along. So I will address the elephant in the room. Um, we were supposed to collaborate with a really good friend of ours. Um, we had a little bit of missteps in getting that uh, planned, um, so that's okay. We will be back with him at some point, um, I believe in October. Um, so we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna have a crossover episode with hopefully with Melanated Velma. First of all, let's just give Melanated Velma their flowers. Like they, he does such a great job with just making sure that women of color and black women are just highlighted in their most yes. like beautiful selves. And whether if it's beautiful in the makeup or without the makeup or whatever you call it, he just respects and honors women. And I really appreciate that from him. Kylie, you know him best. So do you have any yes. thoughts before we move right along? 
Um, he is one of those people that walks the walk. Um, and, you know, he it's not just something that is a social media aspect, you know, or a platform. Uh, this is really something that he carries in his everyday life. And when I tell you that he is there for his friends, um, he's there for his sisters, his cousins, his people, just in general. Um, and like he's he's such a good guy, like all around. I was like, there's you just need more more people like that, um, but also like more men like that. You know, he's very open in his communication and um, just. You know, he's a joy to be around. So, Nerdy Bear Studios is definitely putting in the work um, to make the change in the culture happen. All of the things that we talk about that we want, um, he's out there doing and executing and and making it look easy, which it isn't. It's like a, a whole other full time job, and uh, you know, he's the dedication is there, and it, it really is inspiring. Um, just yeah. like to hear some of his own personal background stories and how he got started in, um, you know, game design and, and what it looks like on the back end of the, the business aspect and how much work it takes and how much communication it takes and in terms of like funding and, and meetings and organizing. So appreciate it all, all the way, all the way. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. And I really like how he's open to just take in different submissions of stories from different people to like really embellish on that stories are not monolithic when it comes to black women it's they're all there's yeah we're all different um and so having different interpretations of creating games where we're the center it's it's incredible because you don't see a lot of that if anything you see a lot more complaints from the old school gaming crowd <laughs> so, yeah so um i guess what I, I would like to present is, so we have an open floor, floor today. I don't know what we should talk about. Uh, Kylie, Paris, anything that we should talk about about our Power and Wisdom Courage segment? Ooh. Not to put y'all on the spot. <laughs> well, I, we, we didn't really have any lasting topics from our, our Thursday uh, Lady Blurred session. Um, we, we did talk a little bit about, I mean, I, I was fascinated with the, the Medici story. I've been watching The Serpent Queen and I was very interested in um, uh, Italian liqueur. I was drinking called Tuaca. Um, and so anyway, went down a rabbit hole there. But then we uh, talking about sort of family and political dynasty and monarchy and all that type of stuff. You think about, it, it became a conversation about sports because it's very much similar. <laughs> there is sports dynasties and there are political dynasties and sports. And uh, we started talking about the Boston Celtics and the, the uh, we didn't even get on Brett Favre um, but, um, or Tom Brady, but just sports in general and all of the, the, the I'll just say the, the wild things that are happening in sports right now across the board. And I think at some point it illuminated me, you uh, were talking about sort of how to go from We've talked about how to apologize and, uh, you know, and, and being able to be sincere about it, but where do you get in sort of like when you're in the public eye and forgiveness, 
and how to actually properly move on from things that have happened. Like, what do you, Wait, you know? Apology? Yeah. We gotta apologize? Accountability? Responsibility? Accountability? Sorry. I'm overdoing is that there, Is there a period? Is there is there retribution and redemption for, um, you know, what, what, where do you go from that? Because at some point, right, people serve time and don't change. Uh, you look at mystical and the situation. I mean, there's uh, he was convicted and, and served time for a rape charge and uh, and uh, false imprisonment and did the same thing again. So, you know, and then you also have. Uh, so, yeah, what's the how do you properly what's the responsibility of the public to accept that apology? or to, you know, uh, be forgiving and maybe even radical forgiveness to forget this person's transgressions or indiscretions. I feel that there was a little bit of, I think we talked about this a little bit a while ago, right, Kai? Does this sound like a familiar or? Yeah. Okay. Because we, uh, we, we had done the segment on like how to actually apologize and what that means in terms of like changing your behaviors. <laughs> Uh, but we didn't really necessarily have it um, with this view of being more of a public platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, yeah. So I, I always feel that, you know, <laughs> you, when someone makes a public oops, <laughs> like a heavy public oops, where you, the, like you got pitchforks and virtual torches coming at your door through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and all that stuff. And you're like, well, shit now what do i do because some folks will just stand in that toxic power and be like yeah i know what i am <laughs> and i'll just own up to it and then continue the nonsense and i'm like no that's not what you should do because that's destructive to your soul <laughs> um and then there's other folks who are just like yeah i'll do the apology but because my manager or my pr or whomever is saying that i should do the apology but they still continue with the behavior so a lot of it is like what is the behavioral follow-up and like yeah. it takes a lot of time because it can't just be like the one instance of being like i'm a good person and it's over and people don't forget because now the internet someone will write your shit on wikipedia and no one will forget like if someone's like oh is this person a good person to have as a guest at like a whatever event that i'm doing and you look up their wikipedia page and you're like oh shit uh i don't know if i want to have this person based off of their history it's the same thing like applying for a job right like yeah. do you have anything on record that would flag us as a red flag which by the way as a side note we all know that job applying for jobs has its own like systemic bullshit so yeah. but just kind of using this as a more simplified example here like <laughs> if you have a red flag and people are like hmm um it's a little bit more like, okay, what are you doing to kind of repent for your, to repent your behavior for the long term and not just relying on the short term. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like how I'm envisioning what you're saying. Let me know if I'm missing you. Yes. I also I, think yeah. it's, oh, sorry, go ahead, Paris. No, 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 go ahead. Um, you, you were going to say something in, in response to V's question too. I think it's also interesting when we have topics like this, um, discussing what it means to be PC um, uh. in terms of self-expression, right? Because at what point now is like problematic opinions and correction 
right? How do we still keep this line of freedom of thought, right? Freedom of expression, I think is a really fine line for some people because they will be like, well, th this is my opinion, right? And I was like, yeah, but your actions, it's causing actions that are harmful. <laughs> um, and yeah. in certain communities, it's like, well, was, is it actually harmful or is it like, oh, I have this thought and is it an actual well thought out thought? I feel like if people have more discussions on why something is controversial, like there's certain actions where it's like, oh yeah, we can just draw a fine line. Like, no, like this was clearly detrimental to everyone involved. Um, but like, where, where do you find that balance sometimes in what is like persecution for having a viewpoint that is just different versus, you know, having a viewpoint that is harmful. Well, yeah. And th that's, that's very similar to how I feel about anger and resentment and revenge fantasies. I mean, I think there, while there is proven that there's physiological effects on your health from sort of holding on to anger and maybe perhaps ruminating about how others have hurt you, I think it's important to be reflective and to remember the experience. I think it's, um, it's just an, it's in, unreasonable to ask people to, to release that. Um, yes, forgiveness is for you, but I also jokingly say, you know what, it's forgiveness is for me so that my ancestors in the universe can take care of what I wasn't able to. Um, and I don't feel like it's important to, forgiveness is sort of the key to a healthy mind and healthy spirit. And I get the right to let go of that. But I feel like what my sister has said here in the chat, what I'm seeing is like, yeah, I, I get the right to be skeptical of you from, from now on. I get the right, reserve the right to say, I don't want to put trust in you again, right? And that's part of the issue is around like, can you radically forgive? As a, you know, we talked about the fact of whether or not there's a, a responsibility that comes with being, especially a leader and um, the ethical and moral compass of being able to have discernment and, um, you know, you should be able to practice radical forgiveness. Those are things that should be, to me, def uh, define a leader, someone who is able to see both sides. But so for the crowd, Paris, what does radical forgiveness mean? It means holding no uh, record of, of the wrongdoing to me. It means being able to make room for the practice of I'm going to relinquish the memory of what fractured the situation. I'm going to um, I'm going to allow sort of loving and generous energy around our interactions, regardless of what has happened to me. I won't apply that judgment. Um, to our interactions going forward. So to me, it's sort of like the five-step process of not assigning blame, finding peace in that situation, accepting that it happened because it was meant to happen, and uh, the hard part of being able to relinquish that guilt um, that you felt or the, the wrong, um, and so that there's no long-lasting or deep trauma that, or, or healing that needs to be done. Gotcha. I think that's a lot harder for a person who is, you know, it, it makes sense for a person in leadership, 
but if I'm just every day out here, I'm not a leader. I'm just trying to sort of live my life. And, and do, do I get, how do I navigate that? Because I'm like, there is a, a, there is a source of that needing to that traumatic memory being a part of your, your learning. You know, I have to learn how to not experience this again, right? Like once this has happened to me, you don't put your hand on the burner and then go, I forget, you know, let's throw that out there. I'm done. <laughs> um, let me try it again next week, right? You know, um, I have to use that to inform my future learnings of there may be things that are hot, but that may apply to a number of things. So maybe I need to be mindful of what I touch from now on. I need to that to, ref, you know, be a part of my journey going forward. And I feel like it's really hard to not be skeptical of, you know, you have to watch someone's actions and that may be, that takes time. So um, here's, here's me playing devil's advocate a little bit is, or not even a little bit, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> why are my, no, why do my actions them. matter when that person is all up in their feelings about it? And also the public has no say about how I navigate my life. I'm just going to do me. You mean the, see, well, that's the thing is that you can't, <laughs> I, people that, that, that feels non-transformative and very savage and kind of brute for someone to believe that your day-to-day -day living affects others. The, uh, you may injure a person that there's unintended consequences of our living. You may injure someone and not even realize you have. And so being responsible enough to say, I didn't realize that I had done this, but I'm sorry. Being able to, you know, there's a, an idea around us to be able to have radical forgiveness, but where's their radical redemption? I'm like, you know, or self-forgiveness. Where's their kind of appreciation for the fact that maybe I have been an asshole. And, you know, I, I like the fact that children, I don't know if it's just children, but I know my son, when he makes, when he's having a day or he's responding in a way that he knows is not appropriate, he's, I know I was a handful and I'm sorry. Because he's accepting responsibility that he has been problematic. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, where do we lose that as adults? Because an adults is like, well, I'm not, you know, look, that, that's them. <laughs> I think it's there because kids are constantly graded. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be dark and try to put the humor in it, but like, I think kids are always monitored and that they have to be somewhat cognitive of their behaviors because if they do something that slips up, uh, is like someone's already on them. So it's whether if it's like their parent or a guardian or a teacher or a mentor, like kids are often monitored a lot because of school structures and family structures. Mm -hmm. um, and That's so, fair, yeah. yeah. And so how they move, they got to move with caution. Even if they're trying to be sneaky, like, you know, oh, I'm going to get some cookies out of that cookie jar. They have to make sure like no one's watching them. And then they are able to like pick up the jar top without anybody hearing them <laughs> and then grab the cookie. It kind of reminds me of that skit on TikTok where the guy like opens up like a bag of cookies and then like his oh, brother yeah. comes in and he's like, man, I can't have shit in this house. You know? <laughs> um, but other than that, when we all become adults, they're less moderating our behavior from others. They're, or direct moderation is I guess what I'll say. And then there's yeah. less. A soft check. Yeah, exactly. Or there's 
your friends, depending on where you kind of stand in like the power dynamic of circles, like sometimes your friends won't even like say anything, but they'll say things behind their back because they don't know how to confront the problem without maybe like your behavior is just like not receptive to those things. Um, I think about a lot of how I acted when I was like in my early 20s and trust, like I was not the wisest being of the land. Um, but at the same time, like I feel that a lot of my actions are reflective passively. So like if I notice that I'm not getting opportunities, if I notice that like there's some standoff niche, I, it makes me become more introspective with it or I go within myself to figure out like, what is the problem? Like, is it my temper? Is it me? Is it me setting boundaries? Am I setting too strong of boundaries? Um, did I say something what that was not sensitive for the times? Like, you know, mm -hmm. language is transformative. So I might have made a joke that is not exactly palatable anymore um, or was never palatable, but like people have leeway of making those jokes. Um, like, what is it? And so like, I have to think about like, especially with me being a woman of color, like obviously punishment is more embellished than it is for our counterparts <laughs> and for white people. So like they can get away with whatever and then they got, they got flexibility. But if I make a mistake, it's optimized to the fullest. And so it's Brett Favre versus Ime Yudoka. It is very much that. It is why one was in the press and I couldn't get away from it. And it was all over Twitter and it was all over every social channel I can find. And many would say his discretion was a personal discretion. It was him uh, involved in a workplace violation, HR violation, like that shit happens every day. People cheat on their wife every day, no offense, but that happens. Right? Not every day. Like, Let's Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, do people steal money from the government and in, in Brett Favre's news, okay, is the worst I think you can possibly get on the scale. But he his stuff was suppressed in the press because of him being, you know, first of all, Green Bay Packer, you know, uh, elite. Um, he's from a very whitewashed place. Um, and he and the legality of his welfare fraud impacts the entire state, a state that is so poor. It is the poorest state in the nation, in fact. Um, and it's just the whole idea of it is disgusting to me. And it doesn't impact, right? It's not, he didn't have a cheating scandal. Emma Yudoka's stuff was very, like I said, personalized. It was directed mostly for the people around him. And yes, the team does, does you know, have have some sort of, uh, there there is some damage done to the team that needs to be smoothed out. All of those, I don't doubt that an HR violation is not, you know, is not wrong. But let's be very real. The reason that we concentrated on that in the way that we did is because he is a black man um, at the helm in leadership versus Brett Favre. Um, and NFL quarterback elites don't get uh, in the news for, wrongdoings oh 100% I think way back to like even Barry Bonds who got caught with you know mm -hmm. taking steroids um for his to to help with his career and like punishment people coming after him how dare he how dare he cheat his way into baseball and I'm like so this man is on the pedestal when at the same time like there's probably other folks within the um the major leagues who are practicing the same things that he is practicing, but he's the only one who got caught. He's the only one, or he's the only one who gets on the news to be said as the poster boy of using steroids um, in sports. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not fair because 
Barry would have gotten that idea from somebody else. Let's be real. Like, let's be 100%. And so, like, his behavior like that when you're using um, drugs to to amplify your performance, like, it's not just one person doing it because, like, people follow each other. They're, people follow each other's behaviors of what is trending. It's like if there's alcohol at a party, I'm going to drink that alcohol because everybody's drinking that alcohol. If there's weed at a party, I'm probably going to smoke that weed because everybody's smoking that weed. Like, let's be real. Absolutely. And there's very, there's fewer than none where people will resist those things where it's like, one time I saw something very questionable at a party and I was like, mm, <laughs> I need to go home. It's <laughs> time for me to go home. I you, didn't see shit. You were, you were feeling that. You knew that you had. <laughs> and that's where, where does there be, you know, I think about the fact of now it's illuminated the fact that uh, Brett Favre's wrongdoing is like, oh, let's also pay attention to Tom Brady because he received, you know, Paycheck Protection Program, a PPP loan during the COVID pandemic, and it was forgiven. And look at how rich this, you know, guy is. Does he really need that money? And, and I think we don't pay attention to those things in the, need, the, the news. I mean, Colin Kaepernick in a distinguishable against, you know, Brett Favre taking $5 million earmarked for the poorest state in the country for those people living beneath the, pay, the poverty level. And Tom Brady with million dollars of PPP loans forgiven when he made $83 million this year um, and purchased a million dollar vote days after he got his PP loan forgiven. It's sort of like smack in the face, y'all. Like, I don't know where there has to be responsibility to say, I, as a, like I said, as a leader, then have to accept that I'm wrong. And now I don't know how we how we move forward from here because no one cares when when the you know when the the face is the right race. Well, it matters when we have still not you know forgiven Kaepernick when we are still throwing this man he made uh, Udoka under the bus when we are still putting uh, you know athletes in the spotlight for wrongdoing that you know it's just like it's. And not even just that, just any any people. It goes across the, the sports um, industry line into all other industries and into our day-to-day -day lives. That just some, you know, being and I and I even liken that to the fact that how everyone around that person is affected, right? It's yeah. um, Brett Favre destroyed an entire state. And again, you this is going to take years for the state to dig out of. Years, maybe even a decade for them to dig out of this welfare fraud. Um, I was just curious, but, yeah. um, Kylie, I, I know we've both been kind of, Paris and I have been kind of going back and forth, but like, do you have any thoughts or feelings or angerisms, angerisms? <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to the rules that apply to the wealthy, like, so as some, because we've all worked in nonprofits, right? Um, I specifically have worked in dealing with people who've been chronically homeless and connecting people to services. And when I tell you the hoops that they have these people jump through, knowing that they don't have access to things that we take for granted, like, oh, I don't know, electricity, running water. <laughs> Um, places to actually be able to call someone. Um, the, the, it's so strict. And the fact that you can have somebody who is a millionaire, a billionaire, um, just easily access these loans and have it forgiven. And then you have somebody who 
can't even access necessarily like food stamps like really yeah. qualifying to get that type of aid they they put you through the ringer they put you through a lottery system um and then if you don't cross all of your t's and dot all of your i's they will send you back and for some people this is a seven-year process of being able just to have access to someone who will help connect them to services so for me uh it makes me extremely angry because i i have seen with my own eyes the injustices of the system and the workarounds that happen for the wealthy and then even me in my position right and we talk about some of the financial literacy aspects when it comes to communities of color um and just the unspoken rules right the 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 maneuvering the the, the doors that you have to be able to walk through and do you know that there's like a password these certain phrases you can say what do you put down on your paperwork what do you not put down on your paperwork um that will allow you to have access to these loopholes um right uh i could go on forever like <laughs> it, it's sickening i feel like these people yeah. should be serving time i feel like their money should be taken from them I do feel like um, they they should absolutely have to pay. Yeah. Once oh, you want to qualify for these? Now let's take away all your money. This is how it actually feels. Seriously. No, because yeah. like I, yeah. I've seen people literally go from, um, and even when they do get their, their foot in the door, maybe they do have access, like being able to maintain and um, have continued services. So like, say maybe you only have access to these services for three months. Okay, so you were housed for three months, then what? Now you're back on the streets. Or now, okay, yeah. you were able to eat for two months and now you can't eat again. And it's not even, um, I know a lot of people will be like, oh, well, they could just go work or they can have education. It's like, it's very difficult to do these things, to pursue your education um when you don't have a place to sleep and a lot of jobs will require you to have an address mm -hmm. there are certain there's a certain level of living that you have to maintain in order to even have access to that type of position and for me um we it doesn't even have to be jobs for schools there are certain schools high schools even middle schools even that require you to have an address to attend mm -hmm. Um, and as someone who experienced homelessness throughout my middle school years and throughout my high school years, um, I had to lie on my applications. I got into a, a, a high school, a prep school on a scholarship, and I ended up losing my scholarship because they found out that I didn't have a home, that I didn't have access to a computer. They tried to put me on punishment and told me that I, you know, I had to be in the library a certain amount of hours to make sure that I could keep up, which I was like, okay, I am keeping up. You know, I am doing that. I would have issues with um, staying too late after school was closed because I did after school programs. Um, I relied on public transportation. I relied on my mom. So sometimes I would be waiting at school um, until, you know, seven, eight o'clock. And they're like, oh, well, you can't be here that late. That school's so yeah. trash for doing that. You I know, know exactly. I, mean? I know like, exactly which school you're talking about too. 
and the school was extremely wealthy to the point where they they had housed other students before and they had that capability but did not extend that to me um because i was poor and because i wasn't putting back into their school the way they wanted me to i was also the only black woman um and actually there were just two of us there were two black students in the entire school body for many years while i was there um it was an extremely eye-opening experience um Mm -hmm. but in terms of like how wealthy people think it's wild (laughs) and the the gatekeeping and the fact that you can literally look at a student you can look at a child you can see that you can afford to give them opportunities and you're just choosing not to um is really disheartening and it's also one of the reasons why I think that we need to be doing more to educate people to empower people to vote on the the type of legislation that they have on a local level because we have more power than we think in terms of going to school boards in terms of like advocating for funding and just speaking uh-huh. up about some of the atrocities that happen within our communities yeah. that would be larger issues that someone probably would be able to to focus on and maybe actually have some changes happen so yeah I want to appreciate I want to appreciate your vulnerability for expressing that because I know that as much as that that was your reality that it takes you to a place um and so I just want to acknowledge that real quick before we move along um yeah I think when it comes to apologies at this point like I don't think folks like this who've taken advantage of the welfare system that's supposed to benefit those who are in need um, require yeah. forgiveness, if anything. Like, there is yeah, no forgiving. people died behind it. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah folks have died. In yeah, like, and then to kind of relate, like, what's really annoying is, like, I was fending for myself when I was first going to college outside of Monterey, and, like, when I tried to apply for benefits, like food stamps, like, um, you know, promised housing, like I was not qualified to get any of those things because I didn't have pay stubs. And it's just like, obviously if I can't get a job and I can't get pay stubs, like that also sets me back. And people are like, well, you're in college, you should be able to have a bunch of resources, which is a lie. Like resources are so tucked away. And like the only resources that people know about, you find out like way too late. I've learned that San Jose State had so many different resources for kids that or for students that like they weren't promoted they weren't promoted at all like if they were only kept within um the the more wealthier students that knew about the resources um and they were only promoted with fraternities and sororities but not the uh, the main populace who can't even pay like their dues for a frat or a sorority so it's just all types of backwards like it's the it's the it's the way that like social it prop social Social things are supposed to benefit people who are really in dire need, and yet they keep the resources away, and it's just awful. So um, yeah. I do want to bring up an impromptu uh, call to action. Um, I took this link from Klopp in the chat. Um, he uh, linked us to housingnothandcuffs.org. Hand- housing um, I think this is a great resource and it completely relates to the story that Kylie was sharing. 
Um, so I will read this aloud on the page like we're all in school and I have to read like page 552 and verse 65. <laughs> but housing... Verse 65. <laughs> um, but Housing Not Handcuffed um, is uh, their campaign and they are connected on understanding that criminalizing homelessness is ineffective and that it costs more money than solving the problem by ensuring access to housing. Um, this campaign recognizes that the criminal justice system is not the solution to social problems, and we have solutions. Uh, click the image above to learn more. I will also add this, or no, Klopp put the link in the chat already, but it doesn't hurt to relink. So if you guys want to relink in the chat, please do. I will also contribute as well. Um, I think this is a great campaign because I've seen how homeless folks have been treated in San Jose. It's not great. Um, they are treated like they are not humans, that they're whole ass beings with families. Uh, even uh, Prowess and I, I think it was, it might have been me and Prowess talking about this, or it might have been a conversation with another sister who just gets it. But like... We were talking, we were talking about it because it was in, it was in Portland, uh, a very, yeah, a lot of displacement of homeless people moved yes. from locations, yeah. Yeah, displacement. And what's funny about that is like people think like, oh, if we just move them into the home, move them into a home, it's all done. It's not all done. There's more work. There's more capacity building behind it. Like it's just more than like, you know, um, thinking that all, all their problems are solved because you put them in a house. Like, and you don't even know that the house that they that you put them in is like even suitable for them because may, they're mar probably displaced by their families. They probably just actually want to live with their family. Or, like, they actually have some mental health issues that they need some rehabilitation to work through. Like, there's lots of other things than just moving them and making them go somewhere else. And cities will say all these things, like, we have the funding to solve it all, but they don't really put that funding towards whatever that they promised to put their funding towards. So I'm glad that there's campaigns like this um, that are reminding us that it's more that the community needs to do the work, not because the cities have city governments and county governments have disappointed us countless times um let's go ahead and move quite along by the way thank you clop for the resource appreciate you um yes yes um so let's go ahead and uh transition into some nerdy and or no dirty nerd nerd blurred blah 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 f it i'm just gonna play the song <laughs> Okay, so we all got a sexy ass body. There's no lie about that. Um, so over yes. form, nerdy and dirty. Um, I don't recall having anything. So Kylie, do you want to surprise I us do. all? Okay, me, great. Me, me. We got the pervert you on deck. Pervert <laughs> treat. So today, I kind of wanted to talk about. Um, hey, listen. Listen. Uh, pink that I find to be interesting. So it's the praise kink, right? Um, so many people think of BDSM as being like this, like tight, bondage, degrading, violent experience, but there are a full spectrum of kinks. And we, we've talked about many different things on many different levels, but I wanted to bring the praise kink to the forefront today um, because it is a kink that involves affirmation and positive talk um and appreciation am i a good girl like, i am the yes! best girl tell you're me i did a good girl. thing you're doing tell me a good job tell the me the greatest job <laughs> i 
I hope you, you know, you're all doing the best job. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think it's like, um, it, it was interesting to me that this is even a kink, right? Uh, <laughs> because I was like, yeah. are we so starved? for intimacy and loving relationships and loving expression that is a kink now what boy let's talk about it yeah i can't believe that's a kink um uh uh, speaking of i I don't know why this this is uh but the need for compliments right it's um i mentioned i was watching the serpent queen if you haven't watched if you are into period drama tv because i live on period drama tv the Demich, the uh dei medici family is just it is just tons of of wild shit. it's dowries and producing errors and they had uncrowned monarchies it's they ruled france for like hundreds of years they were uh and in and this one is about catherine medici but in the in the there is a her husband who's king henry does have um a need for positive affirmation so much that he cannot come to fruition without such and and she has to tell him that she's very much you know um pleased and that he he is pleasing to her in order for him to want to have sex with her to and you know in that era it was very much about producing errors um versus the pleasure that came from the experience with your wife now granted there was you drew pleasure from other people not your you know the purpose of the monarchy and and the sexual uh pathway there was mostly about you know let's we have to have someone take over this crown um and i think yeah it's interesting because it's like you have to tell someone you know not only do you look good but she needing to reaffirm how good that he was performing how you know um when he was not performing well at all let me tell y'all and that's the part where i'm like i have i feel this because i'm like when if somebody is not performing well do you continue to reaffirm them with positive things the the praise kink does it go out of the window if you can't get uh you know if this (laughs) you're having a struggle it's like i don't want to tell you you're doing good no sir you ain't doing good lady you're not doing good i want there to be something else (laughs) well i think also (laughs) (laughs) answer me kylie what what do you do in that (laughs) well i think also part of that like praise kink is like giving um gentle direction and gentle guidance like Oh, like that feels so good, but can you go a little deeper? Or oh, that feels so good, can you da da da? You know, so I think it's like a more of a gentle redirect. Okay, <laughs> so you can still do the praise. Be out here lying. Do not lie in your orgasms. <laughs> yeah. True. So you do still do the praise. You're saying you can still say, you know, do all of the praising, and but then you then maybe deliver it in a different way around like you did this well. But then if I left out what you didn't do well, then you know the rest of it was trash. What does that mean? So I call it a praise sandwich, right? Um, You you give them what they're doing well, you give them something they can work on, and then you give them another thing they're doing well. So, So, baby, take me out of the dinner. (laughs) (laughs) You cooked a real nice dinner. Um, Maybe a little less salt next time, you know? But okay. I really enjoyed it. You know? I <laughs> see. Sandwich. Yes. It's a, a little 
less salt sometimes. Maybe we need more. First of all, learn to use more seasoning. When is it a good time okay. to provide the compliment sandwich? Do you... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you do this while everything is happening or do you, is it like a debrief? Like, or is it a post-mortem meeting? It's a post-mortem depending on the, on the party. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to be like, was, did that happen? What, uh, what happened? I'm sorry. Was there an act that occurred or was there a shoulder squeeze and a forehead kiss? Because I don't remember the, the sandwich that was supposed to happen, I just got stuck with a, a really boring piece of, of multi-grain bread, rye bread. Oh, rye bread is trash it. though. That is trash. Yeah. Um, I think also part of like the praise kink is um, that intimacy. So it's like patting the head, you know, running your hands through the hair, like being a little more guided, but it's like a gentle guidance. So I think there's definitely room for like correction. I think the goal actually is to please your partner. <laughs> yeah. And they're taking me all the way out with like the King Henry. It's hilarious. <laughs> yes, because, she, you know, I don't know what that experience if you have to, that's the only way this person can perform to deliver. And it's like, if, if that's the case, is it then healthy because you're not, not able to really, she wasn't able to encourage the things that, that the King Henry wasn't doing right. And it was like, this is so uncomfortable for this woman. She can't say anything. Wait, other were you than, watching the Tudors? No, I was watching the Serpent Queen. Oh, 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 that's why he said that. Like, yeah. so hopefully your partner doesn't have the power to, like, execute you. <laughs> I don't think there's sexual liber liberation with with King Henry. I think, yeah, that's I think if you try to vocalize being like, hey, babe, uh, I wasn't feeling great, but you're still a good man, then next week I'm probably lined up on death row being like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> King Henry is not doing, like, good follow-up aftercare. <laughs> King Henry yeah. is a terrible bomb. Like, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like in that case, I would have just asked for the royal court to entertain him. Like, please don't make me respond. Look, look, let me just collect the the results of this and please have somebody else do this because I can't. I'll shout. Oh, my God. A cheerleader. Can someone else cheer? <laughs> so I don't have to personally do it. Someone else. Can I hire a praise kinker? <laughs> like Yeah, you need a fluffer, a royal fluffer and get them in here. And let them do the work, and I'll just collect the outcome. Oh, boy. And I'm, I'm good with that. Um, you know, just call me Malcolm Outcome. I will collect it. You do the work. <laughs> Malcolm Outcome. Yeah. This is, this is everything I wanted out of this nerdy and dirty talk. Thank you. You've been gems. I think I'm so used to hearing like toxic sex music, like she wants revenge and nine inch nails that like now I want a band to be like a praise kink band. <laughs> yeah. Can we let's do that. We know enough musicians to make it happen. <laughs> we yeah. need a praise kink nerdcore song. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. All right. Uh this was this was a great uh topic. Thanks so much wow. for wowing us, Kylie. Um Anybody who has has successful means of praising your partner or praising a partner, please throw it in the chat. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's go ahead and uh, move along to our um, trigon, or trigon, our um, nerdy segment. So uh, our trigon segment, that is actually from trigon. So uh, the what we're going to talk about today is just Netflix anime. I've noticed that the Netflix anime has been going pretty up in quality, um, if I so say myself. Yeah. Um, I know, Kylie, you got me on board for, um, what was that one where it's like cells at work? I think it was you who put me on cells at work. Yeah, and that was, I love cells at work. I wish there was more, more, of, more of that, but I think it was perfectly done. I think mm-hmm. it was very slice of life, but like how the body works. <laughs> there is more. So there's another, there's a second season. And it's a different body, different gender, which explores a whole other slew of like bodily functions. It's so cute. It's so good. And just funny. Yeah. Funny and educational. Yeah, it was it was it was adorable. I really liked it. Um, but other anime that I've been exploring is uh, I've started recently watched uh, Cannon Busters, which is endearing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That one's a good one. Um, it gives me like very like Trigon, like Cowboy Bebop vibes almost, where it's like folks are trying to kill each other for like a prize. And like the the robot girl, I forgot her name, but like she's just so beautifully oblivious about everything. Like I wish I could meander the world that oblivious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I was wondering like what's your guys' thoughts? I know there has been like really a war on like Netflix anime versus like Funimation anime or Crunchyroll anime, but I was wondering like what's your guys' thoughts on like how Netflix anime is just kind of coming to being and what your thoughts are. I feel like net- so Netflix is trying. Um I think part of the issue is is that people have been complaining that getting into an experience and then you don't know what the fate of that experience is going to be. So like for people that are watching Pop Team Epic or whatever, and then it's like, oh, we just decide we're not going to continue this series. And then it's like, what happens? You know what I mean? It's you you are, they tend to um, be, I don't know, like not not insensitive to viewers and the, um, the level of, they don't pay attention to ratings or whatever, or the, the streaming, um, analytics i don't know what happens but it's just like they tend to elevate things that that draws more uh social media tiktok uh you know relationships than it is so it's like oh we'll focus on seven deadly sins over this other you know really great or inuasha or something that's that is going to bring in a large viewership and they focus on that versus i feel like that's one thing that you don't have to worry about with with Crunchyroll, it's not, it's not about the aspect of what the analytics show, um, or maybe the analytics are just that good because if you're watching this network, you're probably into you know a good variance or diversity of offerings. And I think Netflix has to get better with that piece. You gotta you you gotta do something when it's just you cut stuff off. Why? And you know it's it's the it's 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 frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, cause then you can't really, you don't know what, you know, you start something new and you're like, is it going to be on for, you know, second season, you know, probably it'll get a second season. And then the third season, it's like, it's not no longer streaming. Well, why, you know, <laughs> so to me, it's like, you got to have a companion piece when you go sign up for Netflix. And if, especially if you're going to watch anime series and, and figure out whether or not it has to be something that has a long-term 
you know, which is why the things that they stream that do, you know, their Evangelion and stuff is always going to, they're going to stream it. It's always going to be successful. Hunter Hunter is always going to be successful. But like when you are starting something new, Netflix is not reliable. Yeah, I feel like there is a sense of like you get attached to really good shows and then they're like, just kidding, we're not coming back with that noise. And you're just yeah. like, but it was so good. Like, I haven't seen, I don't know if Dora Hidoro was exclusively a Netflix anime, but I haven't seen another season of Dora Hidoro in a minute. Yeah. And so I'm like sad because I'm like, I want to keep watching it. It's so good. And the last teaser that they gave us was this like very low framed, like, kind of like teaser episode where you're just like, yes, I'm getting the last lick of what might be like canceled, <laughs> but yeah. it didn't really serve its purpose for me as a fan. Exactly. And then you can't bring it back because it's only on Netflix. And that's part of the issue is that like, it can't rotate to other networks. And that's why it's hard to, I think people are like, eh, I gotta stay, you know, keep, I have to keep my distance from Netflix a little bit. I'm giving it another shot right now. Yeah. But, they uh, just they... came out with cyberpunk anime and that was actually pretty good. And for mm -hmm. someone who didn't finish the game, I was like, this is, this is intense. Yeah. yeah. So for me, uh, I also think about the content creators because that's something we talked about on this podcast too, of like who is creating and um, like providing these stories and spaces. I don't know if that's, necessarily like a fair environment for the people who are creating these shows too right they put so yeah. much work and energy into crafting storylines and yeah. then for netflix to just be like oh well it's no longer like worth the money to put it out there and you're just like right. oh but this project was maybe something that i was building for my children to see yeah um or like something that exactly. i had in mind to be completed that was going to be part of my legacy and now not only can I not continue using your platform to bring that to fruition, but I may not even have the the control or the rights to take that to another platform at all. Mm -hmm. So there's that, that's something I think about um, as just kind of another way of being like conscientious about what we consume and how we consume and how it affects the people who are providing it to us. So you actually have a really good point with that because I think about anime that has been like a long-term anime so for example dragon ball z dragon ball dragon ball z gt super you name it right where people who've been doing the work in that kind of have a promise of they can continue working for that and knowing that they have a guaranteed paycheck where it's like these new shows it's like the creators are like kind of holding on to like okay this is going to hold me over for like the quarter or hold me over for like the couple years that it lasts and then i gotta move on to something else and then I can't imagine all the NDAs that they have to sign or like the conflict of interest forms that they have to sign to in order for this to work. And then I also think about the voice actors too, now that you're bringing this up. Like Sean Schemmel is somebody that we all know. Like Justin Cook, we know who Justin Cook is. Um, but like when it comes to like these other animes, like voice actors are just like, you know, just kind of growing through each series being like, I'm a short-term voice in this. I go to the next thing. I'm a short-term voice yeah, in no this exactly and and that's part of their fault too because it's little allegiance to um development of of talent and good talent and you know that is part of the streaming failure you know that um they need to do better on because if you're not going to build the 
the talent base and let them, you know, have long-term, you know, relationships, it's just you're, you're, you're not developing that common sort of theme. And then it makes it easier for you to just be like, well, you know, we don't have any allegiance to the creators. We don't have any allegiance to the, to the, to the, to the talent. It's just this, this didn't perform well, let it go. You know what I mean? And so Netflix has to get better with that piece, but I think they're trying because they do have to get, you know, they have to showcase that they are willing to get the viewing public to trust in them again to do some, and, you know, Sony acquiring Crunchyroll gives it a number of dollars now to play with and, and all different types of things to do. So Netflix is on a little bit of, you better get hip um, and, and show a more, you know, effort in new shows and being able to build them out and gain momentum yes i 100 percent agree with that um so i know we're kind of coming into close some closing notes but uh, is there any other last thoughts about this before we kind of move along all right no. so no big move monday oh shit <laughs> Um, that's okay. Um, next week we'll come back strong about, uh, having a big move Monday and who we're going to shout out in the community. But what I will do is I will promote some friends who are here in the chat. A single was just recently released called Oops, uh, which has mm -hmm. Oh My, Shabzilla, Kadesh Flow, and it was produced by Bill Beats. So go check that out. Uh, it was a fun listen. Anytime that Oh My, by the way, releases something and when Shabs and Bill Beats all get together, they're just... It's, it's fun. Like, it's I think fun. the last time I heard a song with both Omai oh and Shubs on it um, was, uh, it was something about stinking or being smelly. Oh, you stink. You stink. You stink. <laughs> that was such a good song. I have song. played that for my child so many times. I don't know. And he hates that when I play that. <laughs> Just addressing the con crud at the source. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so good. It, it It's really, really good. And I love how Shubs comes in because I'm like, you know, I've heard Shubs' music before, but that was authentically her, like, complaining about conventions. It cracks me up. <laughs> um, but, yes, I just wanted to promo some friends, let you know that we, we see you doing the thing. Also, in the uh, in the single art, you can see Kadesh's uh, memed photo in the middle of Oh My Ex More Grimes. So please, 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 please laugh laugh it's funny <laughs> um other than that i don't really have anything that's upcoming that i want to promote but um kylie would you like to go first um just that there is the walk to end alzheimer's happening october 8th the monterey edition um so just you can actually just google walk to end alzheimer's if you would like to volunteer your time uh, if you can, uh, if you are able to volunteer your monies, uh, that's even better. Um, but, you know, if not, just your continued support here just, you know, bolsters my energy to go out into the world and support other things. So thank you guys for being here. And then Paris? Um, Just the fact that it's National Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, and I encourage you all to learn more, you know, Latinx and Hispanic uh, stories and be able to celebrate that. Obviously we are, uh, today is uh, Rosh Hashanah. Um, there is Yom Kippur coming up. There's a lot of uh, holidays that are approaching and I feel like it always gives an opportunity for people to learn. And this is where you gain empathy a little bit of learning about stories and reflecting on those stories culturally. 
um, for so many people. So yes, I encourage you to find a Latinx or Hispanic led organization. Um, I work for one, you can hit me in my DMs. And uh, you know, but there's several, there's millions, there's so many organizations um, that are doing the work every day uh, to highlight these beautiful stories around celebration, not assimilation, and let's, yeah. I love it. it. Celebration, assimilation in the stancery. <laughs> that was my attempt there. Um, well, yeah, it was, uh, I 100% agree. Yeah, just making sure that we're highlighting the stories um, in this country that are often, you know, just try to be buried underneath by other people of culture who decide that they're more dominant. Um, that was my, my little petty pass there. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, thank you today for listening to Lady Blair Sings the Blues. You can find this recording on your favorite RSS feed, um, whether if it's SoundCloud, Apple Pods, or uh, Spotify. Um, other than that, you you can catch us on Thursdays. I'm actually going to adapt uh, Prioris's Lady Blurs Day. I think that's what we're going to call that because it rhymes so well. Um, so Lady Blurred Day, whether if it's on the main Twitter page or on one of our accounts, because uh, we gotta have share the love and share the wealth here. Um, other than that, I hope you guys are having a wonderful Sunday, and we will bounce out. Bye.